I'm here with Jared Ripkema. Am I saying that right? Ripkema. Ripkema. Thank you. Ripkema. Which is mostly Dutch mm-hmm. and a few other things, but we aren't talking about those today. We're not talking about those things today. No, no, no. So you're the founder of Bridge Eight Literary Magazine. Correct. Yeah. Um, Bridge Eight. Uh, now it's kind of just called Bridge Eight Incorporated. It's a publishing company here, and Bridge Eight Literary Magazine is one of the pieces of it, which is cool. And you guys launched that in 2015, July, correct? Yeah, the organization the, became official in July. Okay, so before we get into that, mm-hmm. talk to me about the origin story. How did Bridge Eight come to be? That's a, it's a great story. Um, what happened was uh, maybe four years ago, I moved into Jacksonville. From where? Um, from Columbia, South Carolina. Do you miss Columbia? Um, it was a college town. Okay. You go to college there and you live there for a little bit and then okay. you, you want to move on. Okay. Um, it's doing great. Great things, but uh, yeah, I loved moving to Jacksonville, but I uh, searched for kind of a writing community <clears throat> to be a part of since I graduated with a writing writing, writing degree. Um, is that an English degree? Or is it's it an actually... English degree. It was a focus in creative writing. Okay. Um, what I most liked about that was the camaraderie that you have with other writers um, through a program and things like that. And so coming out, of, I started writing professionally as a copywriter, but also wanted to get more into my fiction side and poetry side. And so I looked for that community. Um, in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. And um, and you found a very vibrant one. Unfortunately, no. And I don't usually start things. And this is the, the awkward part of the story where I started a little community called Left on Mallory that was just people that came in and started writing. And it was a really fun um, and small movement. And really all we wanted to do was connect writers in Jacksonville. We didn't really want to become big or have like huge events or anything like that. We just wanted to loosely connect people from UNF and the beaches and downtown and JU and FSCJ and Douglas Anderson. So was this like a meetup group? Sort of. Okay. Um, the writing circle was, <clears throat> you know, just once a week we'd come and we'd write and maybe there were four people, maybe there were six. It wasn't very big. Um, but the idea is what grew. Well, I remember, so I, I lived off of Mallory when you started left, left on Mallory, I think, in Riverside. That's right. Seemed to have, there was awareness within that community, at least, of its existence. And there was a lot of excitement about it, which was very cool. And I went to, I think, two or three of them, which I enjoyed. It was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, but that, You and me both. Like, it just, it, it, the way I say it now is it became a thing. And, and without, really, we laid the foundation for it. So we had the name left on Mallory. We had a mission to, you know, connect writers. So, like, we had the foundations for it to be a thing, but yeah, it was really cool to see the community kind of accept it and and want it and it want that sort of thing to keep happening. Kind of seemed like these like secret writers that were hiding and that kind of brought people out of the woodwork. Yeah, in that way. And even the people that didn't necessarily want to come into the meeting space, like they wanted to meet other writers. Right. And this was a, a way to do that. And that was really all it was. It was nothing, nothing big, nothing extravagant. We didn't really have... Um, plans to take over Jacksonville or anything like that but uh but now you do well no (laughs) we'll talk about that okay so that so that evolved into yeah that evolved so we started doing workshops we started doing writing nights we we evolved that into a community of just like um now it's a little bit it's still loosely connected writers um but that came out bridge eight kind of came out of that we wanted to attract influences into Jacksonville with other writing but we also wanted to produce our own writing kind of celebrate what Jacksonville has here, um, the writers that are still based in Jacksonville um, that we had not even really heard of even living here, you know, like, um, and I think that's where Bridge 8 came in. Um, we wanted to 
to promote a lot of that stuff and put it into a magazine. And I remember we had that talk conversation like early, early into that or late 2013, where I said, "Hey, I want like I'm going to do a magazine." And of course, you're always encouraging. So I am always encouraging. <laughs> you're Thanks. always encouraging. Thanks. You're I'm going like, to get that this teacher. Is a good idea. You should do that. And <laughs> holy cow, it, it's been an amazing journey. So um, we kind of uh, tossed around the idea of of what it would take to do a, a literary magazine and. Um, at first, it was just going to be like 50 copies. It was going to, let's let's throw it out there. Let's see what we need to do. Um, and then, you know, with the name, uh, we we came around the name. I, I don't because I don't name things very, very often. But Bridget came from a, a buddy of mine, uh, Christopher Hooks, which is our now our development director. Um, and we had talked about how Jacksonville has been going through this this stage where they're trying to infuse it with culture in order for development to follow. Um, and since Jacksonville has its seven bridges, this eighth bridge is a metaphysical one that connects culture and development. And we thought um, all of art could do that, but in our specific niche, the literary arts was going to be one of those pieces to connect those. Um, and so that's where Bridge 8 name came from. And we were really proud of it. Um, it gives off the essence of what we want and the vision that we're looking for moving forward. So then Bridge A, the point was to bring in other writer influences mm-hmm. influences outside of the city, but also develop or give a platform for Jacksonville's writers. Correct. Yeah, no, that's so, exactly what it was. So those who are submitting into Bridge A, are they mostly from Jacksonville? Is that what you're looking for? Is that a requirement? No. In the beginning... Um, a lot were because we, it was our connections um, and through our submissions and things like that. We were looking to um, push a lot of the people we knew. Um, but now we're, we're, we've moved into a point where um, we are, we're accepting work from everywhere. Um, and even issue three, we're, we're kind of just publishing the best work that we can get and things like that. Um, and so... <laughs> Yeah, it's not a requirement for them to be in. Do you feel happy with the quality of work, and how do you and how do you feel like? What levels do you want to take it to? Um, that's that's a great question. So, and it goes into a deeper vision of Bridge Eight. Like we said, um, in 2015, we became a nonprofit organization. Um, Before that, it was published by Left on Mallory, the community, um, which was an LLC, um, and that was the parent company for Bridge Eight Literary Magazine. Um, but over the course of uh, six months in 2015, we had decided me and, um, some close people that were working with me, a development director and a few others, um, that it was time to push it into a nonprofit space, uh, let the community help back it in a lot of ways. Um, and let, um, this kind of like become a Jacksonville thing rather than just a couple people doing it. Um, and from that, we, we created the vision to um, build Jacksonville into what we will call the new literary capital of the South. Um, and how we're doing that is we're on a very base level for that right now, laying the foundation. We are um, creating workshops. We are still building into the community. We're hosting readings through our abridged reading series, which we can also talk about. And then we're publishing the magazine. Those are those are three different ways. And I think I get back to your question, bringing out in influencers is kind of what we are looking to do. And, and as we grow into the level and the quality of writing and writers that are in our magazine and coming to our readings and presenting, that's kind of the level that we're taking it to. Okay. So just so, just so people listening have an idea, the literary magazine, it's, it's strictly, it's submissions of short stories, fiction, poems, 
Anything else that I'm missing? Some creative nonfiction. Some creative nonfiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. And then so no pictures, and it's strictly print. So in this age of the digital environment, you don't have a website that publishes the stories online. No, it's it's strictly print, and that was a, a very conscious effort on our part. Why? And we'll continue. Um, for us, it, it was interesting. Uh, the web has made information super accessible to everyone, and I think. That's really awesome, um, especially in the literary world, like exposure to poetry and fiction and all that is really, really good. Um, But for us specifically, and especially in Jacksonville, um, we needed to show that we were going to be around for a while. We were going to not just be um, something that would, would pop up really quickly and could easily dissipate really quickly as well. And so putting together a, a physical product took a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort and it, you know, it takes backing. And so putting that forward for us was a really big deal for being in Jacksonville. Just saying we are, we are here and we're, we're planning on being here for a while. Um, but why does putting that in print give the idea of, you know, eternal life? It's permanence. Um, things on the web, um, like I said, can easily go and not like come down with the web hosting like month to month. So that was that was one of the things. Like putting something physical into the world is a real thing that, that can stay even on. if Bridge Eight disappears, there's still this hard copy exactly. that people can look at. Yeah, exactly. It'll stay on a bookshelf. Um, it can live on for a lot longer, and and that was really important for us. Um, the second reason why we decided to do print is the the physicality of something in your hand. I think will always be important to people. I think we have had this age where we learned that we could publish a lot of stuff online really quickly and we could publish ebooks and it, the ability to publish became so, so easy. Um, but now we're coming in and especially in like last year and this year, independent bookstore sales are going way up, whereas ebooks are going down. Um, people are wanting to hold their Wait, books. Wait, ebook more. sales are going down? They are. Really? They are. Interesting. I wish I had like a real backing number yeah. for that, but no, okay. I've, I've read many articles about um, independent bookstore store sales are going up. Um, ebooks have started to to falter, and I think that's becoming like a lot of people realize that on their ebooks, they you know on their nooks or whatever, they could download a ton of books, but they weren't reading them. Right. Whereas a physical book, you're more selective, and they sit with you for a while. They're on that bookshelf that you look at for you know it's not yeah. something. Yeah. Um, just on a screen. And I think we're also tired sometimes of, of looking on a screen and it gives us a moment of, of pause to sit with a book. And I think, yeah, I, I, to that point, I remember reading, there was some sort of study where reading on a screen versus reading on a book literally activates different parts of your brain. And yeah. And so we're all used to now the screen reading, which is like the, you know, the surface part of, I don't know why it activates, but yeah. apparently when you go into like reading on print, it's, you know, Deep Space Nine starts at getting activated and we're not used to that. So yeah. it kind of makes us go, no, it's too hard, <laughs> which is to some degree. Like I remember I was using um, I was using some Netflix for books sort of thing. And it, it did. I was like, it kind of launched me back into reading. So I was able to just read very short things. Mm-hmm. And the lights kept me addicted. But then you do you do miss like this hard copy, the smell. And then you can write in the book, mm-hmm. which is nice. But then it sucks because you can't search that keyword when you want to find that one quote that you read that one day. But anyway. This is really okay. true. <laughs> this is true. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think um, 
we'll probably find out in the next 10 years that that you have different levels of learning or not levels, but difference of learning. Yeah. I think when you're on a screen, you're going to scan a lot more. And that's, I write for the web right now as, as professionally. And so I know that people are, are scanning every, anything I write there. Um, but in a book, you're, you can scan a little bit, but I think your brain does slow down a little bit. And that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted something or to produce something that would, would get people to slow down a little bit and take the heaviness or the weight of literary arts and the literary um, genre uh, seriously in that way. And that, that's kind of where it's been a big point for us not to publish things online. So Bridge A is in its third publication. It's a quarterly publication or less? It's, it's a biannual, so, so twice a year. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. So what's what's next? Are you guys going to be publishing other um, magazines, books? Like what's the goal? The goal, so right now we are publishing magazines and we're of the mind to do what we do well um, and to keep that small. Um, what we are working on, and I'll, I'll even say it publicly, is that by the end of 2017, publishing a first novel or a book of poetry, um, something like that with a single author, um, we have a lot of work to do before we get to that point um, with distribution and with being able to give an author the right um, package deal kind of for them to give us good quality work uh, and all that stuff. So we have a we have a long way to go, but that's kind of the vision. And, and once we publish that first one, I don't know, we, we'll figure out um, how that works and if we can do um, two or three a year or something like that. But yeah, publishing publishing a novel or a book of poetry is definitely in the cards and something we're pushing towards. And is it preferred that it be somebody from Jacksonville or is that just it's whatever is of quality that you really want to? We'll see. Uh, with all small presses, it has to be a, kind of a personal thing. So you're bringing on a partner to help you promote that first book. It's, it's going to be a lot of work on both ends. Um, it would be amazing if it'd be someone in Jacksonville. Um, it really would. It would. I think it would be well due. You know, um, it's it's time for a Jacksonville writer to be published by Jacksonville Press. That'd be amazing. But yeah, we'll we'll see how how that all goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned you would love to see Jacksonville become the literary capital of the South, and that's kind of your driving vision. Mm-hmm. Is there a city in the South that you feel kind of captures the essence of what you're going for? or has sort of a foundation of what you want for the city? Somewhat. Um, <clears throat> we like to put the, the new literary capital of the South in there <laughs> okay. um, because I think it, to say that we could beat um, Oxford, Mississippi is pretty big. Austin, Texas is pretty big. And why I say those is they have some great independent presses okay. coming out of that. Uh, Austin has several. And Is that how you define it? It's just where are the, the, the presses are at? Kind of the hubs. Yeah, because okay. from the presses, uh, you, I don't think you can have a small independent press without a, a community around it. I, okay. I just don't think that works um, unless you have national attention, which you can get, but after years and years and years. And so okay. I think you build into a community that you have, and that's that's where it is. And so what we were trying to do is, is define what a new literary capital of the South would look like. What type of writing do we produce? What kind of magazines do we put out? Um, what kind of flair do we give it that it doesn't have now? Um, does it fight the stigmatism of the South for the rest of the country, or does it just really promote it in in a big way? And those are questions we keep asking ourselves, and we probably will for a little while as we decide on our standards and who we accept work from and our guest editors that are coming on and things like that. Um, and so 
Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. The the immediate is bringing writers into Jacksonville um, to kind of show off our city's community. The one that we've been building for the last three years has grown to where um, our abridged reading series brings in sixty to ninety people. I mean, that's a that's a big a big amount of people when it comes to a literary reading. You know what I love about that, Jared, is I think we're we're stuck in this world of millions. You know, and and whenever you hear about something that's successful, you want to hear the millions, whether it's dollars, people, traffic, whatever. That's the only thing that matters. And I think what I really appreciate about what you're doing is Left on Mallory had six to eight people showing up on a weekly basis. You have these literary events that are a little under 100 that Mm -hmm. are coming. And that we we forego these small things thinking that if it doesn't have like, you know, it doesn't fill a coliseum, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And so I think the where you're starting so small and how that can kind of develop a culture is pretty, it's intriguing to me. Yeah. Do you, do you feel, well, actually, maybe my question is, yeah. is that, how do you come to be, are you okay with that? You seem to be okay with mm-hmm. that. Because I, because my personality is one of like, you know, if six billion people aren't there, then is it really worth it? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And that that's a, oh boy, that's a really great question that I haven't been asked before. And, and I actually have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, yeah, I think it is it's very important. I think the why I started a community was I love people. Um and I love the interaction with people. And what I realize is that if you can touch 60 to 80 people in a city, especially a city like Jacksonville, um it's a big deal. Um those are the 60 to 80 people that will go and do things from that. Um, and that if to me is really important and where I've, you know, in the last two years working with bridge eight issue three was, um, a very big deal for us is because we, we, we expanded a lot out of outside of Jacksonville. Um, our poetry editor was in New Jersey. Um, our artist was in New York. Um, our managing editor was in Milwaukee. Um, fiction editor was, was in uh, Nebraska, I believe. Um, so we had everywhere, and so we were we were putting together a lot of writing. And what I I found I missed was the community aspect of it, the sitting in a room with everybody and being able to reach out and and really connect with a lot of the people there. Um, the issue came out amazing, but I missed that part. I missed that sixty people that were going to show mm-hmm. up. Um, and so yeah, I think it really does matter. And it's not even that I'm okay with it; it's that that's where I thrive that knowing that there are 300 people in a community that wasn't around is big, especially in a literary world that was non-existent. You can have 50 writers in a city and affect the entire city. I do, I do really believe that. Yeah. So are you guys doing regular weekly events still? Is Left on Mount, does that still exist? It does. Yeah. Okay. In, in some ways uh, we have, well, I should say I've focused a lot of attention on the magazine and on the abridged reading series, um, but Left on Mallory still does have a, a few arms. What's the abridged reading series? The abridged reading series. I'm glad you asked. It's a <laughs> semi-regular reading series. We've done yeah. about five of them. Um, and what we do is we bring three authors in from pretty much anywhere at this point, um, and they read for an evening. It's a, it's about an hour and a half event. Um, we've done one at uh, – where have we done one? Our early, early ones were at Deep Search Records. We did it at Volstead, Grape and Grain. Um, we did one at Hemming Park, and then we did one at the Barnett Building. Um, so we've done five so far. And, and how often? They're usually quarterly. Okay. Um, quarterly, it's every like five to six months. Okay. Um, but yeah, we um, the last one in the Barnett Building, we flew in someone from Pittsburgh. We brought up two people from Orlando. 
and uh, and then someone from Jacksonville. So one from Orlando, one from Pittsburgh, one from Jacksonville, and that's a, a really big thing for us. And we we enjoy that. I think I cut you off. You were asking another. You were answering another question. What was it? The weekly events. Is there a weekly write-ups or right meeting write writers? What is that called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a writers community. <laughs> okay. uh, sure. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. We. They're they're loose, and okay. so what Left on Mallory is is as much as Bridge Eight is a brand that we control. Left on Mallory is a connection, okay. um, and so we allow people to start their writing nights underneath the Left on Mallory umbrella. Um, and what I do is we just provide provide support, encouragement, and so right now we do have one at Murray Hill that's happening every Thursday from seven to nine um, at the Arts League Jacks. Where's that? It is um, right off of. It's right off of Edgewood. It's like okay. a block off of Edgewood. I don't remember the cross street name right now. It's right past the library. Um, but that that has a meeting, maybe six people. Um, they just come in the writing. I mean, okay. that's really the whole the whole deal. And, um, and is there feedback? Do people do they read? Are people reading to each other? Every every one of those get their own format. Okay. So it's kind of up to the host on how they do it. Um, I did go on Thursday night, last Thursday, just to kind of check it out. And uh, they do a little bit of feedback. They read their writing. And um, they'll probably work into a format of where um, they can allow the participants to write as well. Just okay. like a 45 minutes writing session for all of us that are busy at home. You know, like yeah. come out and be quiet and write for a bit, which okay. is the whole idea of the beginning, beginning idea of Left on Mallory. That's great. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about your personal journey a little bit. Ooh. So you are doing a lot of organizing. You're bringing writers together, and I feel like what can happen is then someone who has a passion for writing mm -hmm. doesn't write as much. Do you find that you're still writing, and how has this, this process actually made you a better writer, if it has? Okay. Um, another great question, because... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, because when I, when I started, uh, I think... And I, I've talked a lot about this with people, um, and it's not coming from a place of self-deprecation or anything like that, what I found is is I'm a young writer, and right now I want to promote the ones that I consider real artists in this field. And so, yeah, um, I found that I haven't written as much in the last three years, which I knew going into it. I knew that I wanted to connect a lot of writers, and that probably meant I wasn't going to write for much. Yeah. Um, but I was okay with that because I, I think I have – for me personally, I have a lot to learn, a lot of stories to gather before I tell them. I also want to know why I'm writing. Um, I feel like we grow up in an age where anybody who can type can be a writer. Right. Um, and I get it. Like, I'm a writer. I do it professionally, and I um, I write every day, but not necessarily. Sounds like you're telling less people to write. I'm telling, I'm, oh, Yes. No, <laughs> I think writing is very important. Okay. I think writing is very important for all of us to um, develop our thoughts, to express emotion. I think writing heals. I think writing um, is empowering. I think writing is is many of those things. And I think everybody should write. Absolutely. Um, my my thing personally, if we're going through my personal journey, is that it, I feel like I haven't written something someone else should read yet. Oh, that's okay. It's yeah. very, that's very, it's a very caring approach to writing. Yeah, it could be, it could be fear. I mean, it could be a lot of things if we want to delve into the psychological right. okay. aspect of it. <laughs> sure. But I, but I do actually believe that. I also think that for me, um, writing is an art, is a creative expression. Um, and writers are ones that 
have found that only by writing can they truly express themselves. Um, I have brothers who are visual artists and that's how they do it. They, they express themselves through visual art. Um, so for me, if I'm working on a creative expression, bridge eight is in many ways, my creative expression. Um, and how I do that is I connect artists into making something physical and how I do that and who I choose to join me on this journey and beautiful people and wonderful people I've actually accepted, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy. Um, how that all works out creates the art. And that for me is really a creative expression of myself. So these magazines, while they're put together by amazing people, um, I do feel like as the publisher, I get the opportunity to pitch the concepts to the editors, pitch the concept to the designers, and then produce something that I consider art. And so to get back to your question, no, I'm not writing as much, but I feel like I still am able to express myself creatively through publishing writing. <clears throat> yeah, okay. That's really nice. It's kind of and yeah, the writing will happen. I, I fully believe that um this year specifically I've put some wonderful people in place with Bridge Eight um to manage a lot of it so that I could write a little bit more and explore that. And after this year and maybe a few more years, decide whether it's something I pursue fully. Okay. So outside yeah. of you though, since you started left on Mallory, which went into Bridge Eight do you feel like you've seen the level of writing, the talent, the skill set kind of go up, increase since you've kind of started this? In Jacksonville? Or? Yeah, Jacksonville. The Jacksonville writer specifically. I think the awareness of writing, or the writers in Jacksonville, um, has increased. And that's been the amazing thing. The awareness of writing by the writers themselves? By the writers themselves and the public. I okay. think um, when I started, um, we didn't know the writers out there and we weren't really part of the conversation and so my my big thing was we we knew there was performance art we knew there was great visual art we knew there was some musical art like we those things were talked about and celebrated in jacksonville that's true yeah yeah and 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 so the literary arts just it just weren't they just weren't there they weren't present and i think for me it wasn't like a, a fault of the writers but it was a fault of a connected effort okay to someone could point and say like hey these are doing, and I think outside of that, I definitely don't take any responsibility for any of it, but like um, Jacks by Jacks has started and gotten a good amount of press. Uh, Perversion Magazine has started and gotten a good amount of press. Fiction Fix out of UNF has started um, their own poetry. I think they put one out in print yeah. this year. Douglas Anderson, the School of the Arts, their their literary magazine is doing well, and they they do wonderful um, literary event, uh, which is happening in March, which is really cool, but like I think the awareness of the city the city having writers has increased since I started. And there is a value to that. I think so, yes. What do you think is the tipping point where Jacksonville can become your vision? Like what do you think it takes for Jacksonville to become the new literary capital? Um, I think I think it takes uh, sustainability and longevity in a lot of ways. So building something that will last for a while, like new literary capital of the South isn't going to happen and shouldn't should not happen over over a five-year period it should happen over a 10 or 15 and that's that's a long time vision when it comes to jacksonville yeah, yeah you know you don't you don't hear anybody saying that so in fact it's it's frowned upon you know the city if it doesn't happen within three weeks we're kind of doubtful yeah no and that's 
that's my biggest thing. Um, I have a lot. I have a lot to say about that. Oh, but we, let's, we, um, no, let's go do it. Okay. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I think in order for us to become this new literary capital of the South, we, we'll have to do a couple of things. We'll have to actually have a real thriving community here, not one that's just on paper, but the actual sixty people are real people that all of us touch and come together and. Like the community, sure, I have you know several hundred people on an email list, but that doesn't matter. Um, it's the people that are really affected by it. Having that, and then having um, independent presses from around the world or around the country at least contact Jacksonville when they want to start a book tour through Florida. Oh. Um, that's that's kind of where the network of people where they they think, oh, we want to do something through Florida. We better start in Jacksonville because they have some of the best people that show up yeah they'll sell a bunch of books they'll get a lot of attention um they don't just bypass us for saint augustine or orlando or saint pete or tampa or miami or fort lauderdale like those are the things i think that's where you'll start beyond so that's great so when does issue issue three is out when does issue issue four come out issue four will come out may okay the first week of may is our is our our point Okay. That we're looking to to hit. Issue three has been out since December, but it's it's literary art. So, so even though the publication is not online, can I purchase it online? Will Absolutely. You? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can purchase okay. it online. You can purchase it purchase it through bookstores. Okay. Um, in Jacksonville as well. All right, great. Yeah. Jared, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, right. thank you. All right, we'll see you later.